Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. My name's Ellie Nunn, and joining me is one of my 50 best friends. It's James Evans. James, how are you? Oh, I'm really good. I'm glad I got the invite. Elise may not have done, but I'm glad I made it. You did. Yeah. Where's my handbag? (laughs) I don't have a job. Did you? No, no. Let's not dwell on that. It's only been Yay, ten we're months. All broke. Yeah. Oh. Oh, what's happening? How's how's your how's your week been? It's been all right. It's um yeah, it's been pretty quiet this end. I feel like at the moment my life is just moving from hot beverage to hot beverage and trying to like assess how much caffeine is too much caffeine. I genuinely thought you were gonna say moving from hot guy to hot guy or something. <laughs> <laughs> you really threw me for a loop then and then oh. beverage. I was like, oh, okay. Right, we're grounded again. Okay. <laughs> I wish. God, I'm in the kind of place where even saying that, I'm not quite sure whether I'm laughing or crying a little bit now. It's the current mood of the year. I can safely say it's only been a week. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm back in New York. I'm quarantining. Whoop. Oh my God. I don't know. I don't have any jokes for you. I don't have anything good to say. <laughs> you were about to to tell me something really exciting no nothing but no that was just like the weight of how how little humorous to say no we can't put that in (laughs) because that makes no sense god i feel like we're both hung over from the last episode we're really scraping the barrel here i think we need some hair of the dog with uh ramona pino grigio Mm. as it were i don't know i feel like i'm dragging my heels coming up to this episode i feel like exhausted by the idea of even talking about ramona i can't wait as she really i'm actually intrigued to pick your brains about this because as much as we dissect the real housewives in a very forensic manner i actually i don't think i know exactly how you feel about this woman whether you you like her yeah it's funny i feel like that is partly a product of over 12 seasons i think i've shifted from kind of foot to foot with ramona because not don't get me wrong not necessarily between liking and disliking but between like disliking and like full-out loathing ramona season by season swings from being like a mild irritant to like a full-blown anaphylactic reaction. Mm. Sometimes, certain seasons, I honestly felt like I hated her more than I've ever hated someone on a TV show. Like, she really got under my skin and made me, like, angry. And then other seasons, I found her, like, fairly entertaining and harmless and if anything just like a little bit annoying which is weird because someone like Brandy Glanville from the start maybe not from the start but pretty pretty quickly I like intensely disliked oh you had her number and even yeah and even Luanne who has some seasons where like she's not she's not that intolerable I still just like don't like Luanne whereas Ramona I can like give or take far more I have to say, like, certain instances in each season, there's more consistency to my dislike of her. Like, any time they go on a holiday and choose rooms, I want to, like, smash my iPad into the corner of my bedside table. Oh, my God. I could watch them, Sonia and Ramona, hunting for rooms for a full episode. If It, it could be a spin-off on its own. I couldn't. I get to or not. I, I get... I'm In many ways, it's where I'm, like, a bad viewer for these shows because I don't get pleasure from it. Like, I, f- I find it as annoying as if I was there. I think the 
key to Ramona's success is that she always gets her comeuppance, though. It's that she is a terrible, spoiled brat, mm. but there's always reliably going to be Bethany there being like, you're a vile, disgusting human being, you know? So it always kind of keeps her in check. Yeah, she's also, she's like an interesting mix of the kind of lunacy of uh, and, and almost... Um, the caricature of someone more like Sonia, where she's quite hard to take seriously. But then at times, like I say, she sort of is like properly intensely dislikable in the same way that Luann can be, where you're where you're like actually annoyed at them rather than being like, you're you're ridiculous, you're a ridiculous human mm-hmm. being. That might just be me with the Luann thing. I realise that like I think a lot of people really love Luann. I just I've got beef. I've got weird personal beef with Well, her. do you want me to tell you what I think? <laughs> yes, always. Okay, so Ramona Ramona came from nothing and she worked hard to become a self-made businesswoman. She's an inspiration to young women who want to make something of themselves. I think she's a real savvy New Yorker. She knows the best places to eat and drink and to be seen. She's a nurturing type. She feels a lot and she's a great friend. In fact, she's got so many close girlfriends that she can only limit them to gatherings of 50 at a time. The men love her. James, did she like send you this? this <laughs> my God, this feels like her biog or something, like well, from the learning annex. Like, Okay, that's how Ramona sees herself. Okay. Here's how Ramona actually is. I bamboozled you. You did. There. You took me you completely okay. by surprise there. So here is how the earth sees Ramona. Ramona is ill-mannered. She's entitled. Mm. She's probably clinically insane. And basically, she is an all-around deplorable human being. This is a woman who treats house staff like slaves and then tips them poorly. This is a woman who sent a private plane to pick her up from the Berkshires because there was a better party happening in the Hamptons. This is a woman who sent Bethany... <laughs> this, is, this is a woman, lest we forget, who sent Bethany into anaphylactic shock because she fed her a fish soup even though she knows that Bethany is deathly allergic to it. This is a woman who does whatever she wants, whenever she wants, with no regard for the feelings or safety of those around her. And because of that, she's absolutely brilliant. In my mind, I'm an unapologetic Ramona fan and I, I wish I had more... Really? More more texture or more, you know, nuance to that summation. But I I, I love her. I, I, I don't know. As, as fantastic as someone like Bethany is, I honestly think if we didn't have Ramona at the very beginning, I don't think that New York would have developed into the show that it has been yeah i think she was actually really key to new york's success i mean we've both said this several times that like the early days maybe the first two seasons of Mm. new york were a particularly stuffy affair yes yeah and out of all the cities new york was kind of the slower starts when it came to finding its feet and transforming into the insanity that we now know and love and i think in part it was because the cast were pretty keyed down with the exception of Alex, who was, as we've explored before, was like pretty awkward and gauche and a social climber, but was harmless enough. Yeah. Until Alex brings Simon to a girl's night. This was like the first time the first series like started to like gain some traction. It, it felt like it started to take off in a way that we hadn't seen it like hot up yet. 
Exactly. It's um, to borrow your mom phrase. It really starts to get spicy. You know, it's uh, see that's the, the phrase races. I was looking for, and instead I moved through <laughs> like three completely pointless metaphors that didn't quite make sense, <laughs> only for you to take the words out of my mouth. It got spicy, and it gets so spicy because Ramona Mazur's singer completely freaks out. It's completely out of left field, and it's so at odds with the tone and tenor of the show at the time. You can only call it a performance, and it's all staccato and eyes are bulging and she's rude and she's stammering these excuses and then just flees the apartment mid-dinner to the incredulity of everyone. It really is mad, isn't it? When you look back, like, and she really did alter the face of the New York franchise at that moment in terms of just, like, levels of batshit craziness that we, going forward, see quite regularly in likes of Kelly Bensimo or like people like Sonia or whatever. But that really was the first time where it was like, whoa, we've all been doing these like quite naturalistic, like mockumentary docudrama performances. And Ramona suddenly was just so performative. And like you say, like so no holds barred, just unapologetically like both weird and rude. As the thing is, as that that time in the the dinner in season one, as novel as it was at the time, it was a little a sowing of the seed, like a little mm. kernel of what would bloom into the flower that is a Ramona singer drive by shooting, and it's because she always hits the same points more or less. She has an mo. She starts a fight half in the bag because she's been drinking Pinot Grigio since like six o'clock in the morning. She'll blurt out something unspeakably rude and unprovoked because she has no social tact. That's number two. The person will be understandably offended and take Ramona to task. And that person is always more articulate than Ramona. So as soon as it gets too heated, Ramona will just flee the scene of the crime. And then Mm -hmm. she'll spend the rest of the season insincerely apologizing to them until that person's so worn down and they just let it slide. And then Ramona just repeats the cycle of destruction again and again. Yeah, and she really does. Like, it is extraordinary to watch exactly those, like, five points you just said get hit, like, season after season after season. She's the most unapologetically intolerable, like, rude person I think I've ever seen on television. But it's so interesting, then, that she manages that she, to repeat it again and again and again. I mean, it's remarkable... Even though she may fluctuate from season to season just in the sense that she's a bit less awful than she was the season before last or whatever, she actually has changed remarkably little. And there is this kind of unspoken rule. It's not even unspoken, actually. I'm pretty sure that Bethany has just said it on the show that you can't stay mad at Ramona. And for me, I mean, maybe you know you disagree that really rings true for me as a viewer because on paper like you were saying i should hate her because she shares mm. so many qualities with housewives on other cities that i loathe but there's yeah, just a she, certain... she reminds me of teresa judice in oh, yes sorry there's a lot of action coming my mm. end i've got like dogs barking and doors buzzing and food arrived hot beverages everywhere full party happening over here um like we started talking about Ramona and my house just erupted into chaos um, well when you say Ramona 50 closest girlfriends just arrive like that you know so. <laughs> like Beetlejuice you say Ramona three yeah, yeah, times yeah. and just case loads of Pinot Grigios start like pouring through various various these crazy holes upper side or women exactly I um I, I agree and I I think yeah she reminds me of Teresa Judice in terms of uh, sharing a lot of qualities in in many ways with 
Teresa, except you're right, like she somehow manages by the end of each season to win back her sort of likability and to win back the viewers. And I think Bethany's right. It is very hard to stay angry with Ramona. And I don't know whether that comes down to just her ridiculousness. Yes. Like she's so ridiculous as a human being that it's quite hard to take her seriously. And because she spouts so much kind of nonsense, I think it's quite easy for people to move on because what she says almost doesn't have that much weight because I don't even think she really believes a lot of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a few things at play here when we're talking about why Ramona is why would Ramona gets away with the behavior that she does? And I think that one of them is that she's a repeat offender, but as much as she's a repeat offender, she doesn't particularly discriminate with who her victim is at any given time. It literally is just whoever's in front of her and gives her the material right now. So it's not like she really mm. like, it's not like she particularly narrows in on one individual and just goes at them and goes at them in a way that like a bully might. No, she's very scattergun in her approach. And also there doesn't seem to be like one particular thing that annoys yeah. her. You can spot with someone like Bethany quite quickly who's going to annoy her, like what, you know, she has a real issue with people being insincere or like not owning their stuff or whatever. Ramona doesn't seem to have any consistency to what annoys her. It's just like whoever makes her feel bad that season. It could just be what your outfit is at that time of day or where you've gone right. on vacation or like what drink you've ordered. Like the most exactly. like humdrum things. Exactly. So you kind of just take it. And to your point about her being so spontaneous, I think she has to be given something for that. Is that say what you will about Ramona. I don't think you could say that she's ever kind of conspired to take somebody down behind the scenes. Like she's just not that type of person. I don't no, think she particularly has the intelligence. I just don't think she has the foresight or the intelligence. Exactly. I yeah. feel like you're right. I think in a way, whenever she argues that she hasn't done something maliciously, I think that the reason that's contested is that the other women are saying you have, because in the moment, I think you're out to hurt. But mm-hmm. in Ramona's head, she's like, but I've never premeditatively like sat down and been like, I'm going to do something that hurts your feelings. So mm-hmm. she thinks it's fine because she's like, well, I've never like plotted or conspired against someone. But there, I think the other women are trying to argue like you don't have to have for what you've said to be malicious exactly, yeah. or to have malicious intent. She's also like, she's so larger than life in a way that I feel like the other women took a while to almost catch up to her to develop their own caricatures because even someone like Luann I feel like the show caricatured her quite a lot in the same way they did with Alex and Simon by the choice of like music that they play underneath whenever you know yeah they're they're on screen or the editing whereas Ramona is such a pastiche of herself both you know obviously like the the crazy eyes thing and the way that like her eyes go so big and her like you say her very staccato movements and uh, she has very strange like head movements that she does all the time mm-hmm. um but also things like her laugh both oh, the way she, both the laugh. way she laughs oh. or the way she cries her laugh when she does the thing where she goes like <laughs> yeah yeah like, oh god haunts me it's like a seagull Oh God, it's awful, and it feels it feels so very squawky. disingenuous whenever she does it yeah. as well. Like it's again, it's like we're going to keep going back to this word performative, but it's the same with the way she cries. Like that famous shot of her crying on the bed when Jill walks out, and she has like the arm over her head, and she's like doing like weird sort of like ah, 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 convulsing, and like her yeah. whole body's convulsing. 
Like you get all these weird moments where she suddenly, it's awful, but like every time, it's so tricky, but every time she's like, I don't know, maybe it's because I was abused and then bursts into tears. The fact that it gets to the point that she does it one time where all the women are just like, oh my God, you can't make this about that. Like, And then Bethany's like, like, well, you should be living in a commune because you're a horror show. You can't be around people, you know, and it's, and I think that's, that's the real key is why I find Ramona so likable, or at least I don't hate her is because Ramona has never been top dog and she never will. And she's an OG. And I don't know if it's lack of ambition or lack of strategy or social skill or a bit of all three, but it's always struck me how poorly her longevity on the show has matched up to her station within the group. And I think partly it's because Ramona's a really easy target. Like you say, because she's so ridiculous that she gives so much material for people to rip her to shreds. And it means that no matter how offensive Mm. she can be, you can always guarantee that there will always be someone to just grab her by the ankles and drag her across the floor. And that person is usually Bethany. She's she's easy to fight with, isn't she? Because she like makes very little sense. And her go-to often in fights is either to lash out a la like throwing the glass in uh Kristen's face off of the canoe Mm -hmm. she either makes herself look really bad by doing something really despicable and like quite violent or like as like sudden without thought of consequences even if it's like a thing she's saying or she makes herself look utterly ridiculous like that famous in the fight with Bethany where she's like are you kidding me are you kidding me Bethany are you kidding me are you kidding me are you kidding me Bethany where it's like she that she like sends herself up because she she just starts like repeating herself and making no sense because she can't because she's like very bad at articulating herself she's so inarticulate so she just like scatter guns like completely meaningless phrases which become very funny quotes from the show absolutely with her sort of like weird head movements and like squinty eyes do you remember at the end of season 10 uh, uh luann's cabaret where she gets into yet another argument with bethany and bethany just doesn't give her the time of day and <laughs> ramona it ends with her walking past the camera she's like an inch away from the camera with her hand on her breast going wow bethany wow wow, wow. it's like wow. a close-up blurry wow, wow bethany wow <laughs> like, oh, exactly genius. exactly like i always remember with ramona the fight with heather and it's in uh someone's apartment and there's a party going on and what's happened is that there's like a group of people questioning whether jacques accent is even real and heather overhears that and all that happens is heather says to aviva like that's not nice you're being a mean girl and aviva's like doing a classic aviva and being like no no like no she's trying to play both sides and heather's like you know mocking like jacques and stuff you know isn't nice and ramona stood behind her just pulling a series of faces thinking it's about her and like (laughs) doing this like weird gurning of like this is exactly what I'm talking about and then tries to do a kind of drive-by like see you talk behind my back and then like walks off and Heather is like half laughing because she's like I like I wasn't even talking about you and then quite rightly points out she's like this is what she does she like she tries to like drop an argument and then just walk off to not have to deal with the consequences where it's like you can't you can't just like 
not engage if you've started something. She's a ridiculous human being. So ridiculous. Even just the the mundane stuff. I love they always include just like an establishing shot of Ramona walking down the street. And I don't know why, even that, and there's just kind of some silly music playing and she's just walking along, walking Coco. Coco's in the middle of the road. She's about to get run over. And it's just so funny, just her essence. I know. Is Can just, we talk I... quickly about... Um... In the same way that I feel like I could do a whole episode on Kyle Richards' fashion choices on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and those like capri pants kind of pedal pushes always Mm -hmm. with like a big blouse and heels. Can we talk about some of of Ramona's looks? It's like such a particular brand of style that she has going on. Um, And I just want to swap back and forth some like some classic Ramona looks that she's brought to the table. Well, the first one that comes to mind is the Ramona Blue, as Andy coined, where she loved in the sure. very first four seasons. She had a very, she very much knew her style, where it was a dress that came just above the knee because she has good legs and she wants to show them off, and it always had the same cuts around right. the neck, and it would always be in that like bright royal blue, and then it would always have like a long chain necklace probably from true faith so it had like lots of fleur-de-lis all over it (laughs) and it was kind of like bosoms forth that was kind of the the first one that i would would think of and always in like a satin yes very shiny one of my absolute favorites is uh i'm trying to think which season it's in where she i think it's in season nine where she tries out the ponytail (laughs) with all of her hair (laughs) scraped back and she looks indescribable it's like her whole face she looks like she's been through a wind tunnel like it's such an aggressive hairstyle and is it tinsley's mom who's like dale yeah yeah (laughs) she's like you look stunning (laughs) your hair looks very stunning that way (laughs) And she looks like a Russian dominatrix. It's, I'm sure one of them says yes, that. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. And Dorinda walks in and she's like, oh, Ramona, like, <laughs> oh, this is very, I don't know what to say. It's it's a lot, but good for you. And and it's all done because this is another classic Ramona trope where it's like, new apartment, new me. I'm re- it's a renewal. I'm having, it's the new me. It's kind of, I'm having a party about this. So yeah, she definitely, like she definitely had a lot of like wardrobe makeovers, especially post Mario and the divorce where there was a whole period of time where she got into like a much more casual look and it was a lot of like leather trousers and and like baggy shirts and kind of hair a bit more all over the place and then you have other periods of time where it's like um in the in the day I feel like she loves a kind of boot cut jean or like skinny jean with like high boots with like a long sleeve top and a fur gilet and like big sunglasses that's her like lunch date outfit Mm -hmm. i feel i love her her holiday wear and the one that really sticks out for me is um when they go to turks and caicos in season seven and she's wearing as bethany calls it a hawaiian tropic yellow easter egg bikini and hooker shoes (laughs) yes that was my next thing 
the high plastic shoes and the neon yellow bikini and she's doing squats in it yeah and she's like she's got like one of the most and she's like parading around like this little like yeah she's in her heels and she's got like a 30 pound weight and she's just like swinging it between her legs trying oh to show off gosh, she's gonna like so give herself good. a hernia oh she's so good I love it another um, bikini moment is do you remember that bit when they're in Mexico and it's Bethany and Carol and Sonia and they're in the jacuzzi and they're just talking about Sonia and then you see in the distance and I don't know why a camera crew isn't down there they're, they're idiots that they didn't catch this but Ramona's like wrangled some poor houseboy to like lower her gently into the tub in her bikini so she's probably you know traumatizing him and then she gets bored in there and then she like goes down to the beach with a margarita in one hand and then she like <laughs> walks into the sea and she's like lifting up her hair and she's really feeling herself and she like gives her hair <laughs> a shake and then all of a sudden and then suddenly bethany's like what the hell is this and then they're all watching and then ramona just like looks into the distance and just starts running for no good reason just down the beach <laughs> <laughs> like along the surf like she's Pamela Anderson or something it's so good it makes me laugh so much and it's at no one in particular and then they're all like who is she running towards and then Carol says in her talking head oh there must be a hot guy at the end of the beach and then she goes actually not even a hot guy just a guy <laughs> oh Oh, Ramona so she also she loves a bit of macrame on holiday as well oh yes she? how could we forget yeah 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 there's um was it where was it where she got the bug stuck in her macrame was that I feel six? like that was Turks and Caicos oh was it I thought it yeah oh yeah. maybe not actually don't don't quote me on that please don't at me that Turks and Caicos can we just talk briefly about that trip just because it's come to mind now where you know when she really pisses off Bethany because Bethany's making a lunch and then Ramona doesn't want to go. Now, can I just check? Is this the is this the one where she wants to go to Sandbar, or is that? No, that's. Miami. I think that's another one, and that's and it's just exactly the same thing, which is like Ramona wants to do a plan, and purely because Ramona wants to do that plan, there becomes this obsession about like it's a holiday. I should be able to do whatever I want. I should be able to be free to make whatever plan I want to do. Even though, like, they know they're all there on a group trip. They know that they're all there to be filmed doing stuff together. And then it becomes a whole thing where, like, as if everyone else is super uptight and, like, we just want to go and, like, blow off steam and have fun. I feel like that's what happens in Tex and Caicos, right? That they want to yeah. go out for lunch. And no, no, that Bethany's Bethany making want, lunch. And Bethany's making, a, and Bethany's making a salad, yeah. Yeah, so Bethany's making a lunch and um, she's in the kitchen and she's busy chopping away and she's really it, I don't know it's really seared into my memory she's wearing this like neon pink bikini and a cowboy hat um, this is like quite a look oh, already yeah. for Bethany I seem to just remember that the that what she's making look really yummy I tend to spend most of the holiday episodes salivating over the food that they get served oh me too but it's like it's in, it gets to a point where like you can barely see Bethany for like the piles of like chopped cheese and like tomatoes <laughs> and stuff she's just like manically <laughs> chopping at this point and she knows that half of them aren't even going to be eating it but she's just doing it to make a point it's so funny so anyway bethany Ka- she's a chef exactly not a cook importantly she um i just took your joke and made it less funny <laughs> well done. We, we all know what the joke was and i felt like i had to elaborate on it um <laughs> she's yeah she's behind these piles of food she's in the kitchen and she's prepping for lunch and then she catches wind that ramona doesn't want to go to this lunch 
So Bethany's very annoyed. And we cut to outside the pool where Ramona goes up to Sonia and she says, I love the name of this restaurant. And the way that Ramona says it is so funny. She goes, <laughs> she goes up to Sonia and she's like, so last night they told us about this great place called Boogaloo's for lunch. I think we should go. <laughs> Boogaloo's. <laughs> Can I just say that that's exactly why I think the sandbar thing had stuck in my head is it's like, it's the obsessive repeating of the name of wherever she wants to go. Right, yeah. Like, they can't ever just be like, we want to go out for lunch. It's like, we want to go to Boogaloo's. Or it's like, we want to... I made her that was a little bit like Mafia. She was a bit of it like, hey, what are you talking about? such a Boogaloo. You're a Boogaloo. Don't be such a Boogaloo. You're such a doofus. Um, (laughs) But it was the same with sandbar or whatever, where it's like... I like they're just yeah she's just intolerable right it's also yeah she has like she has an obsession with these local you know places but it's not even like she knows for a fact that they're good I do not think that she's read about it in Lonely Planet it's just she like was flirting with a, a guy, guy in a bar and a guy who's night, exactly and he just mentioned yeah yeah, yeah yeah so she thinks she's going to see more of their like there so anyway so then Sonia says to this she says oh do you think we should say to Bethany you know would you mind if we go because she has all this stuff prepared for lunch and it's a bit rude otherwise and Ramona, a classic Ramona way of thinking, goes, oh, but Bethany said that she doesn't care. When Bethany so, like, clearly cared, but that's what, it's, like, so clearly important cared, that yeah. Bethany hasn't been, like, yeah, 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 sure, sure. Like, it's fine, don't worry. Bethany's very clearly been, like, yep, if you want to pull a Ramona and be, like, a hideous, selfish human being, then I really don't care, yeah. go. And Ramona's like, great, she said we can go. Like, <laughs> yeah, Bethany's, like, ground her teeth down. She's never been more tense. Yeah. And Ramona's like, she's fine, what are you talking about? So it's Sonia. She's, Sonia takes the most placating, patronizing tone of voice where she's like, yeah, but Ramona, you know, people say these things, but really, you know, they might be upset. And so Ramona's like, oh, okay, as if she hasn't yeah. considered that before. And then so we have Sonia leading Ramona into the house holding her hand as if she's a toddler god it is like the blind leading the fucking blind like those two it's just if sonia morgan i genuinely believe that sonia still thinks that bill clinton is the president if she is the one translating basic social cues for you then you know you're in trouble so they're going hand in hand into the house and then we get to bethany and she sees them and she is Bethany is just peak Bethany as well. She's all taught and jagged and she's like muttering. She's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not having this conversation. I see no, see no evil here. No evil. I can't, I'm not doing this. She's she, manic. This is insane. And then me and then, so she's running out of the kitchen back to the pool. And then Sonia and Ramona are chasing Bethany. Sonia's going, you, Bethany, Ramona would like a word with you. And it's so funny. Just the image of this, like these two drunk blondes chasing like a pink highlighter in a cowboy hat around the swimming pool. It's like a Benny Hill sketch or something it's so funny these women oh my god no but that's such a it's just a classic it's a classic Ramona and like it's a perfect example of on the lower end of the scale Ramona's constant repetition of like doing something insensitive or not picking up a social cue Mm -hmm. like really digging her heels in for a second and then an hour later being like oh okay now I understand that that hurt your feelings because mm-hmm. you'd made a beautiful life. Oh, oh, I get it. I'm so sorry. Like I, as it, and it's like, how do you go through life if each day you're discovering like how to be a human and like it never catches on. And then the whole thing becomes like laying it on, like spreading it like really mm-hmm. thick with people of being like, oh God, you made such a beautiful lunch oh. and oh, I'm so glad we stayed or whatever. And you're just like, oh, enough. Like, Oh my God, speaking of, can we talk about peak Ramona 
is the episode... For, I swear to God that for most of season nine, she's like on something because she is weirdly heightened. Like her her performative quality tips to a whole new Can level. Can I just say, I think season nine in general, going back and watching it, I think is one of my favorite seasons because it's gotten to a point where like all of the women know what they are and they play up to that stereotype just enough before it like tips over into complete caricature do you know what i mean like ramona's peak ramona what like like sonia like sonia going um it says something where it's like you don't get people to pick up your head yeah yeah yeah, Period. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like sonia's <laughs> peak delusional luan is peak insufferable yammering on about marrying tom and the the penthouse and the yard and it's just, I feel like they, they've all settled and they all know that they're all drunks. And so they sure. go on a trip to tequila, as we were saying last time, without them just getting completely balls to the wall drunk every single episode. It's just like a nice moment in time. Sure. But like, Ram- Ramona, but Ramona is, the, is the like best of the on best. something. Yeah. She's like turned up to like 13 in a, in a really insufferable way where she, and the worst thing is when Ramona's turned up to like overly enthusiastic and never is that seen more, I think, than in the Berserkers, pre the argument with yeah. Bethany. But that whole evening where she comes down as if she's like taken something and she's like obsessed about how nice the food is and she won't stop making toasts. And then she spills something on Dorinda's chair. And this is a woman who's like wreaked like havoc in Dorinda's house every time she's come there and left just like a trail of destruction and like Coco's dog shit (laughs) all over the floor and has never ever noticed before and she drops like three drops of gravy on a chair and she's like oh my god oh my god and then she's like Dorinda Dorinda I'm so sorry like give me and Dorinda's like I don't care and like suddenly she's like obsessed about like oh god i I, you know i i I spilled i did like a bad thing and then she wins the chocolate santa oh my god the prize and honestly you'd think she won the lottery and then she's like getting all like choked up because she's like because avery loves chocolate don't we all but (laughs) okay someone something's like on and then she does one of my favorite parts of that entire season which is when she chooses a moment to apologize to bethany for their ongoing rift that's happening. She literally goes and sits with Sonia and then just like slides onto onto Bethany's chair. And there's this amazing cutaway where Bethany's like creepiest yeah, yeah, yeah. apology of the year award. Yeah. And she's like whispering in her ear. And it's like, she's just like on her shoulder, sort of whispering sweet nothings about how sorry she is. It's so Ramona funny. does that. She always does the like very unnerving, soft-spoken tone of voice, which usually means it's like an ASMR apology. It really is like like I get goosebumps just whenever I hear it, and it usually means one of two things: that she's either about to say something terrible under the guise of concern, right. or she's apologizing for saying something terrible. In this case, it's the latter, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I ever brought up Bryn. I'm not malicious. I want to be good with you again. I I I know what I did was wrong. I don't want." say i'm sorry because everyone knows i says that i'm the fucking apologizer but i don't want to say i'm sorry but i want to say i'm sorry okay? and all the while she's like and right like, you know she's like practically stroking her hair uh, how does anyone accept that like i don't know how anyone responds to that as an apology when someone's like right up in your face apart from to be like <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> yeah bethany's just like gone into survival mode and like her head's bowed Literally, down she's like gripping always- the table <laughs> <laughs> if it's like fight or flight she's in like freeze mode she's like play dead yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 
She's like, just get through it. Ramona's vision is based on movement. (laughs) (laughs) And then she like buttons this creepy apology with like a little uh, kiss planted on the cheek. And it's just, oh, so... Oh, it's just so unnerving. So let's talk about this argument because I feel like this this actual this whole storyline is is very peak yeah. Ramona. So how does it begin? Because because Bethany and Ramona have have had a bumpy relationship across the years. It's so funny to think back to that very first series where actually they unexpectedly sort of bond. There's that lovely scene in yes um, in the kitchen, Bethany's flat or yeah, Ramona's in flat in, Be- in in Ramona's flat. Oh, is it? Okay. It's it's Ramona's apartment, I think, and Bethany's come around and they're kind of bonding over the fact that they've both had, you know, difficult upbringings. And you know what? It's one of the only times where I buy that whole, like, background and, and it does feel like a genuine, like, quite vulnerable moment. And then pretty much from that point, they begin this sort of roundabout relationship of, like, of the kind of, they can equal each other's willingness to be all in. And their commitment to the show is like fully matched in a way by each other. Um, they're sort of like yin and yang. For as many differences as they have, they have so many similarities as well. Exactly. And I think, not that I'm really like into this sort of thing, but they're they're both Scorpios. Their their birthdays are within days of each other, and I feel like they have, as you said, like a very similar background. And they're both self-made, and like they're both they're both yeah. um, they're both alphas who are very like driven and who also like love very hard i think when they when they like choose mm-hmm. their people there's like a sort of loyalty there but then at the same time they're like the antithesis of each other and that leads to this constant relationship of both like they make very good tv together but they also like butt heads continuously in mm-hmm. uh, in a really like rocky way throughout and even though their even though their mo's are different, they they both give as good as they get. They are an equal match in that it's never not a fair fight. You know, sure, it's not like Bethany fighting with Kelly, where like the whole point is it just wasn't a fair fight because Bethany just like wiped the floor with Kelly. And in a way, I think yes. that that's in some ways that is why Bethany was like a bit of a bully in the Kelly situation was because the truth is someone else should have been able to step back and just and just be like this isn't a fair fight because this person doesn't really like know where they're at or what they're talking about whereas like you say like Ramona kind of gives as good as she gets even even though she's ridiculous and even though she's like um sends herself up quite a lot because she goes in so vicious she does like demand that you fight at a level where you both like show up like no one's just walking away from that. Can we talk about I know just to have some context about the Brooklyn Bridge just because I really oh, yeah. feel like this stuck with Bethany and it's really kind of like it's really characterized their friendship. Yeah, it was and it is so weird the Brooklyn Bridge scene. It's so bizarre. So for just for people who don't know, I live in New York, but I don't live anywhere near the Brooklyn Bridge and none of my friends or loved ones live anywhere near either end of the Brooklyn Bridge. But the amount of times I've tried unsuccessfully to like lure friends and family onto the Brooklyn Bridge and then try and like pick a fight with them <laughs> like using this scene as a template unsuccessfully, I don't care to admit. Well, you and I have walked the Williamsburg Bridge. So like we know, I mean, we've also walked the, the like the Brooklyn Bridge, but my, my main memory is you and I walking the Williamsburg Bridge together with that ice cream, even though it was like November do you remember? It was freezing cold. Oh, yeah. The Van we, Leeuwen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And we walked across Williamsburg Bridge. And the point is, having done both Williamsburg and Brooklyn Bridge, like, 
they're like long periods of time to be stuck together oh, like for sure i really yeah. get bethany's thing that like you can't get off you can't i think for anyone in the uk listening like uh, it's it's weird for us because we don't really have any equivalent especially somewhere like london we don't have an equivalent walk across a bridge that takes like half an hour like we, like you cross a bridge it's like five minutes which looks how long their conversation is because obviously it's edited together like that but yeah. when you realize that they had to do obviously that was like a cut down version but that, that was like half an hour of just like ramona just laying in yeah to be stuck walking on a mile long bridge with Ramona on a good day. It sounds like, like hell. Exactly. And then alone when Ramona was the way that she was. So for some context for people who haven't seen the episode, it's um it's ostensibly the day after the big phone call argument between Bethany and Jill, uh, which we discussed in episode four. And Bethany's arranged to go for a really nice, relaxing walk over the Brooklyn Bridge with Ramona, ostensibly to get her out of the the borough of Manhattan and visit Brooklyn because Ramona's never been. But it's also a chance for Bethany to kind of decompress and, you know, just have a shoulder to cry on from a neutral third party. So pretty straightforward stuff. Cut to literally 40 seconds later, I counted and Ramona's telling Bethany that she's a fame whore, she has no friends, and that she's going to die alone. It's like... <laughs> it's really harsh, even for Ramona, and particularly, like, out of left field. Like it's It comes out of nowhere. So let's unpack those 40 seconds. So Bethany starts by saying that she doesn't quite know how or why this feud has gotten so public so quickly, and it's such tabloid fodder. Basically, what she was saying to Jill before... To which Ramona, who is, I just have to make the point, is dressed in a signature housewife's camel colour velour tracksuit with a black <laughs> True Faith t-shirt. And Ramona says, well, you know what? I think you're a press monger and I think that you planted those stories and I think you're very self-serving. To which Bethany obviously doesn't take kindly to. And she says to Ramona, like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I'm not self-serving. Like, I, who helped, you know, promote your HSN line on Twitter? You ungrateful person. To which Ramona replies, well, I don't know. At least I have friends. You have no friends. Who are your friends? You have no one in your life. <laughs> right now you have Jason and you'll probably mess that up too. <laughs> Cue a seismic thud from the sound production. Oh. And, <laughs> God. and also like a Bethany... head whip from Bethany of just like oh, utter awe at <laughs> Ramona's just She said. slowly starts crying, as would I. It was... <laughs> And then we get a talking head from Bethany, like, I don't think anyone's ever said meaner things to me than that. That was amazing. Your impression of Bethany was literally, like, almost entirely vowels and, like, all on one tone. So it was like... <laughs> That's honestly how it sounds. It's, so it was that. great. Thank you. So then we get the beginning of... Uh, once Ramona sees that Bethany does not take kindly, shockingly, to this bit of truth. She's just, like, silently weeping behind her sunglasses, yep. Yeah. We then get Ramona's classic trademarked apology with a capital a yeah and she's like fine i'm only talking to you one-on-one -on -one, and if it's upsetting you fine we'll talk about neutral things like what do you think about obama's health care <laughs> and it's just like an amazing zeitgeisty reminder of better times and the fact that these are in fact real women who live in operate i just love that she's like trying to <laughs> but also just again like, like to talk about not picking up on social cues the idea of like it's one thing to be talking about work and someone to get upset and be like okay cool we won't talk about work i think calling someone like 
a fame whore and saying they have no friends and saying that they're probably going to like screw up their relationship as well is not like fine if you don't want to talk about all of those <laughs> if you don't if you don't want to talk about all the ways that I think that you're a total fuck up in life fine we'll talk about Obama's healthcare like <laughs> Like, fine, I didn't realise that you felt super sensitive about the idea of, like, having no friends. Jeez. Sorry, I said you're going to die alone and you'll never find love. Didn't know that was a touchy subject. (laughs) I don't know, the glutton in me also really wants to hear what Ramona has to say about Obamacare. I can just, like, imagine her on CNN or something. It's like (laughs) on a panel, just talking about the pros and cons. So then that, shockingly, again, doesn't really work. So then Ramona really, like she gets her her groove going when it comes to her apology and she's like i did not i upset you i see that i didn't mean to upset you that wasn't my intention to upset you i just want to tell you how i felt and i'm sorry that it's up you by telling you how i feel it's fine i just want to tell you how i feel i realize that you're you know me talking about jill she makes you more sensitive than usual that's fine i get it you know and again but kind of like the backhanded thing of Oh, it's because you're overly sensitive. Yes, although I do feel like this this one conversation and the arc of it is almost a microcosm of exactly how Ramona operates. And I'm going to throw in a suggestion as to why that might be, and I might be totally wrong, but I feel like the show makes quite a lot of Ramona's sort of Catholicism and her relationship to religion and you get a lot of this in this sense of like the Catholic schoolgirl thing and her obsession with like coming off as quite like pure or like yes. oh I don't do anything like that or I don't I don't do blowjobs or I don't oh no we don't talk about like I, I'm just this kind of like especially after her divorce with Mario it's all a bit like oh, oh I don't even gosh. know what sex oh. is I just want to talk to boys and you know Bethany's very quick to be like this Catholic schoolgirl thing has got to stop I actually feel like it runs deeper than that. And it's interesting. My mum said uh, a while back, speaking quite generally, that she was saying like across her life that she's met quite a few people where their upbringing in Catholicism, especially or at like Catholic school, comes with an ingrained belief system in confession and the idea of confession. And obviously confession supports an idea that if you confess your sins, if you confess something you've done wrong, then you're absolved mm-hmm. of them. I don't, I, I might have this wrong, but I feel like that's sort of Ramona to a T, which is she feels that she can say how she feels about a situation or say what she thinks and she's being honest. And that by then post kind of dropping that bomb on people apologizing or like saying oh I see what I did or I see what I said or oh I now see that you're upset or I now see she like absolves herself and she has this she continuously falls back in reunions and stuff on this idea that she's like I say it how it is but I own it and I think at one point someone picks up on that and they're like you can't just say terrible things and then be like oh I own it so it's fine but that is exactly how Ramona operates I think she's like but I'm absolved because I owned it and I recognized it and I confessed it it's so true she I think she even says something along those lines to Bethany in season seven you know that whole thing where Ramona went on Bethany's talk show and then she basically like stole two dresses and then pretended that she lost yeah. them but she hadn't and then the bethany is taking her to task for this and then ramona just goes are you jewish or catholic anyway you know it, you, you should be all about forgiveness and like i've said sorry and so that should be the end of it and you know come on you should forgive me and kind of like bringing religion into it then and i think that you're really onto something there i really think that is the way that ramona works and it's funny because i've had a few people across my life I, I i always find it interesting people who are like 
um, you you look back too much. We should look forward. Like we, I don't I don't like to do the past. I don't like to look back at the past. And I think it's always interesting as like a get out for having to uh, not even apologize because she does apologize, but it's like a get out from having to sit with the uncomfortableness of having done something wrong. I, f- I feel like a lot of people are like, well, I'm someone who likes to look forward when the truth is it's like, I don't like to be reminded that I did something wrong, even if it's okay now. So I want to be a forward thinker. Absolutely. And that in itself, you know, we said that she's very like Teresa Judice. That's a classic Teresa move. And it's, it's so sneaky because it ostensibly means you're positive and you want to put the argument to bed without actually going back and, and doing the necessary work. Right. And taking accountability for specific instances of wrongdoing so that we can move forward, which then makes the person who does want to do that, the bad guy who's stuck in negative town, as Kelly would say. Yeah, or stuck in a grudge right. or whatever. Exactly. And I think the truth is there are people who don't like to sit with stuff. I think Ramona wants to move on very quickly yeah. because she doesn't want to sit with the discomfort and what we see in something like season nine is is Ramona literally starts to go a bit mad if someone leaves her to just sit with it and what's so powerful in a way about what Bethany does is her response often to Ramona is to just not humor it and to be like I'm just not gonna talk to you or acknowledge you I'm just gonna leave you to sit with it and Ramona just can't deal it's, yeah. and I don't think that's necessarily to do with like loving Bethany I think it's to do with the fact that she's like don't leave me to just sit in what I've mm. done I need to we need to get on we need to move forward we need to get through this bit can't we just get through this bit to the next bit it is and yeah. it's like it's just to sorry yeah. just to very quickly just finish off the Brooklyn Bridge thing to your point and to yeah, please don't no, leave us on the bridge that. yes because the whole thing of Ramona apologizing and then being completely absolved of it that is it works so much as a microcosm in this scene on the Brooklyn Bridge where it's almost like as soon as they set foot back on ground level and they meet Alex and Simon for coffee Ramona's immediately expunged it from her memory it's like she's she's like larking yeah, around right. on the waterfront like basically doing cartwheels getting Bethany to do a photo shoot without a care in the world and Bethany is completely shell-shocked and I think yeah. that I just want to give her like a little special shout out to Alex McCord as well. It's really funny. She has like a classic Alex McCord moment where, you know, like they will meet and they have coffee and then they're walking down the pavement together and they're like in a line and Alex says to them, okay, girl, so what's going on? And as soon as she says it, she like walks straight into a lamppost. But... <laughs> <laughs> but just in time it's so good she like effortlessly grabs it and like swings around it you know and then like carries on walking as if she's like gene kelly and singing in the rain or something and you can tell she's like elated like she there was like a really cool move for her oh she nailed it but uh, she drops those little easter eggs for us all over the place she's a gift that keeps giving Another Easter egg. Sorry, I just had to say because I was watching this scene for my research and the very next scene after this was a solo scene of Kelly Ben Simone tormenting people on the streets of Soho, badgering them about their fashion choices for uh, that yes. piece that she's writing in Gotham magazine. And she's taking photos of the least stylish people, like these schlubs on the way to the gym. <laughs> and then she's like asking a 12-year-old kid in a fedora if he's wearing underwear. And it's just, oh God, these women, what a great episode. They're, they're just firing uh, on cylinders. Anyway, back to season nine. So season nine, what, what remind me that, so remind me, I, I mean, I just watched it. So it's terrible that I don't remember, but I feel like this particular storyline and argument between Bethany and Ramona is a good one to look at because it spanned a whole season. And because, like I said, rather than it just being continuous arguments, a lot of it was actually about Bethany continuously being like, that's fine, we just won't be friends. And Ramona just not being able to deal with that. And consequently, almost like making it worse and worse 
rather than just leaving mm-hmm. it. So I think I've got this right that it all begins that at a dinner, Ramona brings up the fact that the press is speaking about an old film that Bethany did in which there was nudity. Am I right? Yeah, it's like an old B movie from the 90s right. when she was trying to be an actress in LA. And it's, I think she, she has like one or two topless scenes maybe and that's it. Right. Yeah. And Ramona brings it up, but chooses as the way in to talk about that, to ask like how it's affecting Bryn, mm-hmm. Bethany's seven-year-old daughter, and to be like, is it affecting Bryn? Are people talking to her about it at school? And things like that. And... Again, there's one of those like symbol moments where the show is like, this is important. Yeah. And there's like a moment and Bethany very quickly is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Diane Sawyer came to her school and talked to her. And it's literally like something then just comes down and Bethany's just done. Yeah. And it's really interesting because it's right at the beginning of a season. And that sort of sparks a whole season of her being done with Ramona and Ramona really like flailing and consequently like really overperforming and doing exactly that thing we were saying of like doing very weird sort of cutesy acting or strange patronizing intense there's like a really weird um bit in a bar as well where she comes and sits down next to Bethany she's being all kind of like weird and is that when Bethany says um in a talking head something from Tales from the Crypt sidles up to me yeah Right, exactly, exactly. Um, and then it all kind of comes to a head in the Berkshires post post her like ASMR apologising into Bethany's ear. Yeah, um, yeah. We have this extraordinary scene where it's basically like there's a real tension in the air and it's hanging over them and Bethany eventually is like, look, come on, let's go talk. I can feel that this is a thing. So let's you and I just go and speak. And I honestly don't really understand what happens. I feel like Bethany comes in very calm and says like very little. I know I sound like I'm always defending Bethany. I don't mean to. I do feel like she she basically comes in quite cutthroat and a bit like the scene with Sonia over Tipsy Girl. It does feel like she's going to be like, basically, I don't feel like you've been a very good friend to me and I just don't have much interest in us spending mm-hmm. time together. But she doesn't even get that far before No, to Ramona... be fair, no, it, no, it, no, it's because I'm actually, I'm going to not be on Bethany's side on this one because I actually do think Bethany was doing a bit much. So Bethany kind of comes down and she like gives out a big sigh and she's like, okay, here we go. And she's about to hash out the argument. And she's, Bethany basically basically says to Ramona, look, and I don't want you to get defensive and I can see you've got your defensive face on already. And it cuts to Ramona, who to be fair, her face is like twitching wildly, but when isn't it? I think that (laughs) is genuinely just Ramona's resting state. Um, so I don't think what, so you think Ramona, Bethany was baiting her a bit with that by I, I being think like, she was yeah I, I, oh, okay, I think if anything I think Bethany was on the defensive and I think Ramona was really ready to you know make good because in her mind she gave that apology to Bethany and then it was going to like they were going to come in here and they probably cry and like hug it out and it was all going to be good so I think Bethany I think was actually using that, using that as an excuse to start something and of course if you say to anyone don't give me a defensive face the person's going to go yeah, yeah. defensive which then makes them and defensive, then you are yeah 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 yeah, sure, exactly. But then what Ramona does, where she goes wrong, is then she launches into one of those things where she's like, Bethany, I'm very expressive. That's just who I am. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I show my emotions. I'm emotional. The implication being that Bethany is none of those things. Mm-hmm. 
And then where it really kind of falls apart is where I think what what you were then going to say is Bethany says, look, you have not been a good friend to me, Ramona. And oh boy, that absolutely floors Ramona. We've witnessed all her birthday luncheons and seen all her 50 girlfriends. Exactly. She prides herself on being a good friend. And that is when we have the wow, wow, Bethany. Wow. Are you you kidding me, Bethany? Are you kidding me? You kidding me? Are you kidding Are me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we get a defensive phase. And it's like, whoo. <laughs> and then it's extraordinary because she's just unstoppable. She then just like, it's it's literally in that moment, she's like, you're going to call me a bad friend. I'm going to say like every, she starts to pull out really, one of my favorite things is the way that she goes straight for being like, you had sex on a waterbed. And it's yeah. like, who get, who get, oh, well, I, don't yeah. put, whatever I just said, <laughs> who cares? Like, what is wrong with having sex on a waterbed? This has really bugged me ever since I watched that episode. Like, is that, is that like a bad thing? It's a really know, strange she- thing to dig out of the archives. Is she talking about the film itself or is she just like listing instances of throughout Bethany's life when she's I thought been... she was just listing incidents and I just found it a weird incident to pull out to yeah. be like it's like I would never be like James you slept on an air mattress you like <laughs> it's like it's like a really weird it's like cool um, but it's like supposed to be a big thing, I think. But it's she, so but 80s I, I, as well, a waterbed. It's so Ramona to bring that up. Like that would be an important detail. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's really interesting though, the way that Ramona gets prodded and effectively, it's very her style to be like, right, well, here's the like 10 things I've been sitting on as ammunition that I'm going to meet. Like, and she does say in her talking head, she's like out to hurt in a way that I have to say, I don't think the other women do in the same way. I don't, oh, except Dorinda. Yeah. I think Dorinda does that thing of playing dirty, but the other women I don't think go like, I'm out to like hurt you as quickly as I can. It's interesting because Ramona is not articulate, as we've said, but Ramona has the capability. I don't know if it's something about her that triggers Bethany, but she can really cut to the quick with Bethany. And the simplicity of just saying on the Brooklyn Bridge, you have no one in your life. Or saying to Bethany, she says to her in this scene, you're broken inside. Very simply phrased words. And you can tell that something, Bethany really absorbs that. And I think something about that speaks to Bethany. And I think it plays into Mm. a very real fear that Bethany has about, uh, you know, being abandoned and, you know, always she's going to be alone and that she's been... um... It's interesting, isn't it, though? Because Ramona goes in really hard on this thing of, like, you fucked your way to the top and, like, I'm self-made. Again, so random. And it's, that's it, is it's so random and it's not something where, and it's interesting because Bethany then obviously goes like, oh, there it is. Like now I see that you're just like incredibly jealous. But it's interesting because when I watched it, I'm like, I don't even know if Ramona believes those things. Like, it's just like, she's just spouting stuff where I don't necessarily believe Ramona is really jealous of Skinny Girl. I Correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I don't, I feel like Ramona's got her whole thing of being like, I love my life. Like, I don't feel like there is a seething resentment. I feel like she's just like machine gunning on like whatever she thinks will hurt Bethany. So she goes for skinny girl as a I thing. Honestly, I don't mean this in a rude way. I think Ramona loves herself so much. I don't think yeah, exactly. it occurs to her to be jealous of anyone. Exactly. And I think Bethany has a real thing about other people being jealous of her because she does it with Dorinda as well where she like gets really upset at being like I'm just so sick of everyone resenting my success and I'm like I don't know if they do I don't know if I believe that that's that's the thing with Bethany and what what frustrates me with her arguing and she did it again um in the Berkshires the season before with Luann where I think she picks at people and tries to 
almost trick them into saying something to give Bethany a reason to play on her neuroses. So when she's with Luann mm. and you can tell she wants to just have a fight with Luann and then she somehow brings up Skinny Girl and then she says to Luann, oh, remember Luann? Remember the time like we came up with Skinny yes. Girl together? And Luann says, like joking, she's like, oh yeah, right. I don't think in any world Luann thinks that she came up with Skinny Girl with Bethany and she deserves a cut. I totally but agree. Bethany is like, no, I was joking. Exactly. And then it becomes this whole thing of yeah. like, exactly, a Bethany being like, there it is. You think that you came up with Skinny Girl. And it's like, no. I don't think she does. And I agree that I think this is a similar occasion where it all to Bethany becomes about like, there you go. There yeah. it is. You've never celebrated my success. You're just like a nasty, jealous woman. And I'm like, I, of all the things Ramona is, I don't think it's that. But but I do think Ramona's really nasty in that scene. And I think she's like weirdly flailing in a way where she's just so desperate to hurt that it's like a very bad look on her because it's not it's not measured or like cutting. It's just like kind of hysterical. And again, it's so interesting the way that even by the next morning, she is a bit like, whoops, I drank a bit much, but like hopefully yeah. it will be fine. And she seems so surprised when it continues. As like, because isn't argument. that the last night? Doesn't Bethany leave? She's like, I won't. I, I we're yeah. never going to speak to each other ever yeah. again. So Ramona's like, oh, okay, and then like goes to bed, rips off a lighting fixture from the wall in her bedroom, and like doesn't tell Dorinda. <laughs> exactly, and then she just sort of moves on with her life and expects it all to like be fine and let's all just like move forward together it's mm-hmm. it's like it's almost like she's so satisfied that they made some good tv but she doesn't really think about like what was actually said or like the effect that that should have she seems very surprised if anyone like calls back to something she said or done she's very like a child remember yeah. she's like yeah. she's very reminiscent of 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 just a spoiled brat like who doesn't understand a spoiled brat who could like rail and rage against their parents and scream and throw a tantrum, but then doesn't understand if they're not like expects to be loved the next day. Yes, she is. Because I, I sometimes think this about Ramona, but I'm, I'm cautious to say it because it makes it seem like she's a psychopath and I don't, or a sociopath. And I don't think she's a sociopath, but I think Ramona has trouble seeing anything from anyone else's perspective in the same way that a toddler would they're just driven by their own needs and they want something and they want now and they don't care how they go about getting it or what how that affects anybody else and it is like a very similar thing yeah i really as as we said that she kind of then bumbles through the rest of the season trying to make good with bethany giving and layering on another apology on apology and it's just not working and then she the real way that she kind of just gets back on bethany's good side is just by wearing her down and sucking up to her and buying her loads of shit oh my god absolutely <laughs> buying her stuff like that whole that whole bit where they're shopping in oh, mexico so and she just starts like buying stuff and then someone like dorinda's like well you didn't buy me something and so she's a bit like oh god well just pick something from the store and i'll buy you because she's not she's she's so bad at covering that she's just buying stuff for bethany desperately trying to make her laugh like bethany sees a dress and she's like oh that's a cool dress and then ramona's like oh let's get it down off the wall like i'll put it on this and this funny and she's kind of being like the court jester trying to get a smile out of bethany yeah yeah and then bethany's like okay fine i'll buy it and then her card is blocked and she's like oh my assistants were supposed to deal with this so you know that 
someone's going to die in the skinny girl office. And then Ramona's like, oh, I'll buy it. Don't worry about it. And Bethany honestly couldn't care less. And she's like, oh, okay, thanks, Ramona. And then she sees these bags and she's like, okay, so one for me, one for Bethany, one for Sonia. And then she like doesn't have enough cash to pay for the bags. So she's like, oh, Luann, can I borrow $100? And Luann's like, oh, okay, fine. And then she like buys these bags and forgets about Luann. And oh my gosh, Dorinda. it's so funny. Honestly. And Dorinda says it best. She's like, I just want to, she was like, Ramona just wants to get on Bethany's good side. So she bought her a bag and then clumped everyone else in. So it didn't look so obvious. And then she forgot about me. That's the honest truth. And it is. Exactly. And it is. Yeah. You also get that very interesting quote where Bethany says, you clearly don't like me. And Ramona says, I don't not not like you. And it's <laughs> taken me ages to work out what yeah. that means. Because when I first watched it, I thought she meant, I don't not like you. As in like, you don't like me. Yeah, but I don't not like you. Like, it's just somewhere in the middle. But actually, I don't not not like you is I don't not not like you. Like, you're right. I don't like you. But I also don't know whether that's what Ramona meant. I feel like Ramona did mean to say, I don't not like you, but said two nots by accident. This is all part of the mystery of Ramona. It would be a very weird thing to be like, yeah, I don't not hate you. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like she meant like, I don't hate you but she accidentally said not twice. So it makes zero sense. How do they even kind of wrap it up that? Oh yeah, of course they have the big- um... Oh my God, of course, because they get pissed and like have a naked cuddle in the pool. That's how all good arguments end. Oh, it's it's like a guarantee. Every season, Bethany will have a nervous breakdown and get naked, probably at the same time. And- Probably at the same time, exactly. And this was such a, uh, it was such a classic Bethany to be like naked, completely pissed in a pool, like sobbing. Also, I feel like it's a very Ramona Bethany thing to end up like sobbing in each other's arms rather than just like have a rational conversation. Like they they can only, they can only work in those extremes, I feel, which is like, we argue like that and we make up like that. Yeah, it happens again, doesn't it, in season seven when Ramona's in her macrame and she has a, a breakdown about Mario. She's like, I wish I could fix him. I wish I could fix him. Yeah. Bethany's I mean, like, it, I know you do. It does stand to reason. These two absolute, you know, ex- nutballs are just you know, the extreme <laughs> that, that they work on. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know, but I like it. So that's... Yeah, yeah, that's like the way that they make up over a pool noodle. Ramona just... It feels like the the way, a bit like a toddler, the way that Ramona... Ra- Ramona. <laughs> <laughs> the way that Ramona ends up winning people over often is just to get so hysterical that people have to kind of be like, okay, I know, I know, I know. Which is like a very childlike thing to do. Mm-hmm. To, to basically guilt trip the other person into feeling sorry for you eventually and that's basically what happens is bethany gets to the point where she's like i i pity you more than i'm angry at you right well she says herself she's like what is that to discuss you're a deplorable human being you bought me a 62 dollar bag to get yourself back on the trip <laughs> you know we're gonna get drunk and kiss and make up hasta manana so even though they do ostent- they why do i keep saying ostensibly <laughs> <laughs> so even though she will always it's always a guarantee that she will make up with the person but the this i was going to say the sad truth maybe it's not a sad truth for ramona is that people know that she is a deplorable human being but it's kind of what i like about this show is that i've, I've noticed a thing i don't know if you have that the women will just like talk about the other women in the most insulting way and the woman who's the object of that will not flinch so they'll always they'll just refer to Ramona as if she is the worst person on the planet and Ramona doesn't really argue back they'll call Luann like the biggest 
whore in Manhattan. Luann doesn't say anything about it. Or they'll say like, oh, you know, like Carol's boyfriend's young. It's Sonia young. And everyone gets offended apart from Sonia. There's just these givens that these women are these extremes. It's that true. They, they, they must have like nerves of steel or it's all a performance. Yeah. Because like I've said to you in the past, I can't deal for a second with people not liking me or being cross with me. I like, I find it really difficult. I don't know how they do it going yeah. into each season, knowing that people that you're going to have to continuously watch footage of talking heads of people annoyed at you even your friends even the ones I do kind of get why they get most upset over like snide comments and the talking heads because they're like I had to like find that one out afterwards of just like right, yeah. the constant annoyance at each other I just could never begin it's why I've turned down the show so many times as I say I just I don't oh have my the God. Uh, Andy, stop. constitution like just uh, like I really what, like take Randy no Cohen, for an answer but- come on it's getting embarrassing now um i love that moment in the season nine reunion when they're talking about how ramona treats um like assistants and wait staff like complete shits basically and then ramona says well why don't they say hello to me and bethany says they're intimidated by you and ramona's like why would they be intimidated by me and bethany's like well i don't know you got your tits hanging out you got your hair down to here you got crazy <laughs> eyes fucking rosé <laughs> drinking it by on the couch screaming how it's cold in here you're a horror show and everyone andy including is just openly laughing at ramona and and it's great it's why it right. works and Ramona doesn't really have an answer for it she's like yeah you're right and just kind of like gives a shrug of the shoulders and it's like move on to the next package about Tinsley or whatever. I think in a way that's why these people annoy me and in a way I think it's why I'm I'm the wrong person to be watching these shows is because I take the show too literally and quite often I end up you know when we talk about the shows the people I like are the ones I feel I could actually spend time with in real life mm-hmm. which is how I end up basically only liking Carol Reservoir out of everyone and occasionally Bethany because they're the only people that I feel I would actually enjoy spending time with and that's not the way to watch the show in a way like that's why I think I get so annoyed by Ramona or when I watch those trips is because I'm like god you are my worst nightmare you are the most insufferable people and I've met people like you and I've I've been like god I could never spend more than like an evening with someone like mm. that but I suppose that's the joy of the show is that you're getting to from a safe distance well like, it's the it is it's the joy of New York and I think it is the exception to the rule because I'm with you the rest of them like Beverly Hills or New Jersey or whatever I get so involved because the rest of the those women do have a semblance of normalcy so you can relate in some way to what is going on exactly. but these women are just exactly. so out there it's just cartoony exactly yeah Right, I am knackered by this. But Ooh. to close us out, James, chuck me your favourite Ramona moment. Oh my God, I thought you'd To take ask. into this dark um, night. So my favourite Ramona moment is probably, it was one of those, do you remember when they used to do those little mini scenes between ad breaks? And, they, and it would always be like, dun 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 you know those scenes this is one of those i really want you to do a whole episode on the music <laughs> there's so much to uh, yeah um so this one is from season i think it's season two and it's at one of the hamptons parties and it's where ramona walks up to a governor he's the democratic governor david patterson who happens to be legally blind and she goes so you're blind right and then tells him about how she's blind as a bat without her contacts on and just gets into a debate with a blind man about who's blinder basically (laughs) (laughs) and it's all narrated through the prism of jill zarin which is just like another delicious layer on top (laughs) so yeah that's probably one of mine i think my favorite Ramona moment may be when they've 
arrived just because it's fresh in my memory when they've just arrived in tequila and bethany's really ill and ramona's just had this horrific like acid peel and (laughs) her face is like flaking her face is like neon red with like white gunky flakes (laughs) all over it and i don't understand why on earth you would get something like that done before a holiday it just makes no sense yeah it like you're just nervous for her every single scene and then there's this scene they've just done the horrific grabby choosing of rooms and ramona and sonia have just behaved so badly i think it's one of their worst because it's the one where they then like ramona's in sonia's ear about how tinsley should have given the room so they kind of go after tinsley in a really like mean girl way (laughs) and everyone just wants them out everyone so everyone gets so angry and just wants it is like lord of the flies though they have just like spotted the most vulnerable one in the group and they just like go in on her exactly (laughs) exactly and find some completely nonsensical bullshit excuse why tinsley should have given her room right like it makes no sense why that behavior would be rewarded and it cuts to the two of them sat on sun lounges down by the sea as the sun's going down and i think all the other women think that they're bitching about their room and what's actually happening is ramona (laughs) is (laughs) acting like she's in some like lifetime movie and like confessing her sort of undying soulmate love to Sonia and she starts to compare their relationship to the tide (laughs) and she's like we're like that tide it goes in and it goes out and Sonia's like "Mm, Mm. mm," sort of nodding and watching and her talking head where she's like I'm trying to listen to Ramona but her face is like a pizza pie without any cheese (laughs) (laughs) those two in that moment yeah the the look the crazy face the conversation the nonsensical talk that's trying to be deep it's so they've never been more absolutely fabulous those two together it's just exactly exactly i love it it's but it's also like it's it's also like physically painful to watch because literally you feel like flakes are like falling off her face while she's talking oh god when they're picking those rooms as well i learned one shout out for the editing there's one moment where bethany is like bitching about them downstairs and she's going we're not doing this we're grown women we are not animals and then it cuts immediately to ramona going i'm peeing on my territory right now and it's like There we go. They're just, they're vile. Absolutely vile. Oh, love it. Um, I love it any other way. Right, right. Hit me up. Do you have an idea of what we're going to talk about next week? Oh God, I actually don't. Um, ooh, should we do, should we do Luan? Is it time? It's time. I think so. Oh, I, I'm going to put it out there. I feel like Luan's going to be a two-parter. It's going to have to be. I think we're going to have to have early Luan and late Luan. BL before Lou. No, no. Oh. BC. Yeah. Before Cabaret. <laughs> before Cabaret. Ooh. <laughs> Woo. Luan BC. That's a big one. Oh, it's a big one. And I'm, I for one, am both in equal parts like dreading and delighting in the idea of talking about Luan de Lesseps. I can't even go low enough to do that. And I've got quite a voice. <laughs> just then, I like, I couldn't even pitch low enough to say her name. I was like, <laughs> this, is, this could potentially be um, the most contentious episode we've ever done because I know for a fact that you really dislike Luan and I love Luan. So who knows where this episode is going to go? It may be the end of our friendship and the podcast. Wait so and see. I look forward to it. <laughs> I can't oh, wait. There's so much good stuff to hit. All right. Um, I love you so much. Oh, I forgot okay. that wasn't us hanging up the call. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs>
Oh, well, that's Sorry, nice. Sorry, do you No, your turn. it's your turn. I'm, I'm giving it to you. Oh, it's I, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week on the Housewives Archives. Make sure to click subscribe so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, we would really appreciate a rating. Or if you simply tell your friends about the show, or you can follow us on Instagram at Housewives Archives. Uh, thank you for joining and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>